1: is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome to Pack-A-Day Podcast. Uh, Again, I'd never know the number, so I'm not going to... 1,873. Let's just guess that one. Um, Welcome to Pack-A-Day, the only daily Packer show. Uh, We don't have Nick again, still using his baby as an excuse, uh, but Gage and I are here to preview Finally Real Football. I am so excited. We finally have a game. And not only is it real football, it's against the Vikings, who obviously we all hate. So it's going to be a great week. Gage, how excited are you? I know you're a big preseason guy, but how excited are you for uh, regular season football?
2: So I understand you were obviously making a joke there. Uh, as everybody that's listened to the podcast over the last month knows, I don't care about preseason I never have I never will um, if somebody wants to pay me to care about the preseason sure I'll, I'll get right on it but until then I'll continue to ignore the preseason I'm glad regular football is finally here also just for reference it is episode number 1508 because uh, episode 1500 was last week Saturday the only reason I know that is because there was a big thing about it in the slack chat so 1508 is the episode we are on today I'm just glad that the season's finally here I have been waiting all off season with gambling stuff and fantasy football stuff. And it's just, it's great that it finally is a game that matters and there's actual consequences.
1: Oh, I know. I just, and I know we're definitely going to get into this a lot more, uh, but I just really hope the Packers don't start with a dud like last season. Um, I guess that's my first question to you before we go into the injury report and then kind of the, uh, a couple of things on both side of the sides of the ball we'll be looking for, but are you worried at all that the Packers aren't after week one last year where they just got completely killed by the saints? Are you worried about that at all this year? Or do you think it being a division rival, it's going to be a little bit different?
2: I think it'll be a little bit different. I mean, division rival definitely helps. You'll have, I think there'll be a little bit more, a little bit more intensity, especially with uh, recent comments from uh, number 55 redacted. Um, but at the same time, It's even if they do get blown out in week one, week one doesn't matter. No, no one cares because at the end of the day, the only game that matters is the one at the end of the year. Everything up leading up to that is you're just figuring everything out. But week one is where you are truly just we're figuring it out. We're going to have some kinks in the offense, kinks in the defense. Things aren't going to look the same. Your team is going to get better. Generally, you start the year, the offenses are behind the defenses. And then by the end of the year, it flips. So if Green Bay's offense comes out and sputters a little bit, especially considering they don't have Devontae Adams after having him for several years. Yeah, it's going to look a little slow and I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't see this coming. No, I my expectation for the game today, obviously we're recording Saturday, but the game today when you guys are listening to this, I don't I don't have any expectation, really. I don't know what's going to happen because I, I don't pay attention to the preseason stuff, I only have my general expectation of what I expect the team to look like on offense and defense, and I will get the full experience when we get there, but until then, I'm just whatever happens in the game, we'll be like, alright, this happened, let's move on.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I guess the for the people that say it doesn't matter, and then obviously there's people on the other side of that saying it's a really important game, I think it really all goes down to how good you think the Vikings are going to be this year. Like If you think it's going to be a tight race for the NFC North, then yeah, of course it matters. But if you think the Vikings are going to do what the Vikings normally do and implode on themselves, then week one against them really shouldn't matter at all. Uh, but before we get into our... Our key things we're looking forward to uh, at, at, on today's game, uh, the injury report, obviously we have David Bakhtiari is questionable. Uh, Elton Jenkins is questionable. Out of those two, you talked a little bit about this pre-show, but who do you think is more likely to play?
2: Bakhtiari is definitely who I would lean is more likely to play. I think both have a chance to play. Um, I think Bakhtiari, especially based on comments we heard from LaFleur and with the fact that he was a, he participated in practice prior in the week and he's a little bit, he's older. I mean, you got to factor in now. He's, I think he's like fifth or sixth oldest guy on the team, if I remember correctly. He's been around. He doesn't need as much practice as the other guys do. Um, I think that as long as he looks good in pregame, he'll suit up. Elton, I think, is legitimately questionable. I think if we were in the old, at, Injury designation days where probable, still existed. I think Bakhtiari would be listed as probable. Again, I don't know why they went away from that. I think it's dumb. But I think if it was listed out, it would be Bakhtiari would be probable. Elton would be questionable. And then Alan Lazard, who did not practice at all uh, last this last week, uh, would be doubtful. Um, I know that he said that in order to play this week, he would need a miracle. So I'm going to lean towards he's probably not playing. But uh, as of now, he's just doubtful.
1: Okay. How big of an impact does Robert Tunyon coming back make for this offense?
2: I think that it makes a decently large impact, especially from the standpoint of we know how much Rodgers relies on his guys. Like We know how much Rodgers relies on guys that he is familiar with and playing with guys that he has chemistry with. And Tunyon is one of the few guys that he is going to have any chemistry with after losing... Everybody that he's lost over the last couple of years, so I think that Tunyon giving him a familiar face between him and Aaron Jones, I think that that'll go a long way towards uh, successful offense uh, here in Game One.
1: Awesome, and you brought up successful offense. Like we said at the start of the show, we're going to go over a couple key things we're looking for on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and then wrap up your uh, your pregame show, your preview show. Um, so Gage, let's start with the offense. What's your what's your big matchup or big thing you're looking forward to uh, on today's game? My big
2: thing is going to be the how the like the receiving game works. Obviously, last year you could just go with Devonte Adams can go to wherever he's going to be and he's going to get open for you. But with him gone and Lazard out, you how is it going to work? Is it going to be? Like LaFleur has been great at scheming up touches and scheming guys open, but how are you going to do that with this collection of receivers that Rogers doesn't have a ton of chemistry with? I mean, he's had praise for him at times. He's had some pretty negative things to say about him at the same at uh, other times. How is the passing game going to work? I am not particularly afraid of any of the Vikings corners. Uh, I think that their cornerback group is highly suspect. I think their secondary as a whole is not the best, um, I think that they, I think Green Bay will be able to run the ball, um, especially if Bakhtiari is out there, especially if Elton is, if, uh, finds a way to be able to suit up. But at the end of the day, my primary focus is going to be how is the passing game going to work? Because they have guys that they can scheme up deep shots for. You have guys like Amari Rodgers. I want to see how he's going to get involved. I know that I'm expecting to see him a little bit in the backfield, a little bit in the slot, and just kind of moving him around the formation because – Think that's what you need to do. I mean, we saw last year how effective Debo Samuel was at do, playing that role in a, a very similar offense to this one out in San Francisco where he was, yeah, he was running the ball as like a primary running back a lot, but he was still a wide receiver. I think Amari Rodgers will play a similar a similar role where you'll see him in the backfield, you'll see him out wide, you'll see him in the slot, you'll see him moved all over the place. And I think that he's a chess piece that the floor is a good enough coach and offensive schemer to be able to do multiple things with him and keep the defense guessing. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how the offense specifically the wide receivers and the passing game is going to work. Cause I think it will work because between how good Aaron Rodgers is and how good of a schemer LaFleur is, they can figure it out. I'm just interested to see how it's going to work. Cause in the preseason, you're mostly running just shells of stuff. You're not running the official offense cause you don't want to put too much good film out there for opponent opponents to watch. So, I'm ready to see just the offense start to flesh itself out. And we get to start really seeing what the plan is for this year.
1: Oh, for sure. And I, I think one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to going off of what you said with the receivers is with Lazard out, are they going to lead on Dobbs to take more of that role? Um, Christian Watson, he didn't get any time during the preseason because of his knee injury, but he's, he's ready to go for week one. Um, How much confidence they have to put him out there right away. Uh, obviously, you kind of lean towards Dobbs getting more of the the nod on that one just because of how well he's been doing in camp and just the exposure exposure he's had with Rodgers. But, yeah, it's going to be incredible to see what they do. Like you said, LaFleur's an incredible schemer, and Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So uh, they'll work something up. I think it's going to be, for at least week one, I think we're going to see a lot of Cobb, just that relationships there. Sammy Watkins, I know it's his first year with him, but he is a veteran, and we know Rodgers definitely likes to uh, – likes to go to veterans at first until he builds that trust with the receivers. I think on my, my end for the offense, it's going to be the offensive line uh, specifically, even, even with Bakhtiari and Elton coming in, if they are able to play, those are some of the two best tackles in the NFL. Uh, Elton Jenkins, you can say that probably for every position on the offensive line, but you're going against a healthy Daniel Hunter, as well as a, a very motivated, still not team captain Zadarius Smith who's going to rush from the outside. He can move to the inside if they need him to. Um, so how we're going to handle that, especially if we don't have Bakhtiari, especially if we don't have Elton Jenkins, we're going to need Nijman to really step up. We're going to need whoever's going to be feeling in at the right tackle to really be on their P's and Q's because they're going to be coming in hard, um, especially Zedarius. This is probably his Super Bowl moment right now. He uh, He's never going to get there with the Vikings, so he really is uh, living for this moment right now. Uh, he's... I don't know. I don't, I don't remember a bigger turn this quick. Obviously we turned on Gray Jennings pretty quick, but I didn't think it was this fast. Uh, Zadarius went from completely loved to completely disliked by, by the big fan base. And I think players too, uh, especially after that article came out. So it's going to be interesting to see that, that homecoming game. Um, Moving to the defensive side of the ball, then, what are you looking forward to uh, seeing the Packers do, do on that side? There is one guy that I love watching in Minnesota
2: Green Bay games more than anybody else, like at any other time of the year. And it is there is a grown man that plays for the Packers. He plays in the center of the defense. And he (laughs) just, he, I don't know what it is about Vikings games. I don't know if he's just like maybe, maybe he talks a lot of shit and we just, no one hears it because he's never mic'd up or anything. I don't know. But what I do know is Kenny Clark plays better than any defensive player in the history of the game against Minnesota. He is a freak in these matchups. It doesn't matter if Minnesota's like, hey, we spent $100,000 million on our interior offensive line to stop Kenny Clark. We drafted nothing but 1.01 overall guards and centers in the middle to slow down Kenny Clark. And guess what? It doesn't matter. The guy just moves people out of the way with ease. It is disgusting, and I love watching it. It its It simply is hilarious to me. I looked up this stat. I think it was yesterday. Kenny Clark in his career has 22 and a half sacks. Six of them have come against the Vikings. He has, I believe, 37 tackles for loss against Minnesota, which is more than any other team other than Chicago. And he's played, I believe, one extra game against Chicago. But it just... Whenever he plays against Minnesota, he just plays at a different level. I I really don't understand it. I don't know if he's got a chip on his shoulder because Minnesota passed up on him in a draft
1: in the draft years no, ago. He, uh, we talked to him over on Lombardi's Bar. He his favorite quarterback to sack is Kirk Cousins. I, I just mean, think I get it. He Doesn't he's like Kirk very
2: Cousins. sackable. He's yeah, very sackable. So he, uh, I don't know what the heck his deal is. But whenever he plays against this team, he just plays at a completely different level. And I am excited to watch that happen because when Kenny Clark plays well, the defense's job gets a whole lot easier because you're relying on your, like, especially in this in this system, he's not, he's not expected to get pass rush. That's not his job. His job is to soak up three or four blockers. Well, he doesn't have to soak anybody up because he just bowls over everything and just ends up sitting in Kirk Cousins' lap two seconds after the snap. And then that makes everybody else a lot easier. All you got to do, just don't let Kirk break contained and you're good. And Kirk's a decent athlete. He gets, he doesn't get as much credit as he should, but Kenny just, when he plays in this matchup, just plays at a completely different level than we see in the rest of the year. And so that is on defense. That is the matchup I'm watching is as long as he's still doing his anti Minnesota thing, everything else is going to be gravy.
1: For Lombardi's Bar, we're doing a. We had Kenny on a couple weeks ago, and we're doing a sackathon for him. So uh, we're pledging and trying to get other people to pledge whatever amount you want. Um, that every time he gets a sack, we donate to his uh, Kenny Clark's uh, family foundation. It's Dreams Do Come Truth Foundation. So if you feel like signing up and watching Kenny Clark just destroy the Vikings twice a year and every other team, uh, sign up, pledge, going to a good cause. Uh, but yeah, no, Kenny is absolutely a monster anytime he plays, but especially against the Vikings. Like you said, I don't know if they just talk a bunch of trash to him or if he really just hates Kirk cousins that much, um, or it's just the atmosphere of the games where Packer, when it's at home, Packer fans are going crazy when it's in Minnesota their Packer fans are still going crazy there, but they're, uh, they're definitely yelling some things out and who knows, man, but he, he's definitely a different beast. I think uh, for me on the defensive side of the ball, I think I have to go with Quay Walker. I just want to see what he does next to all-pro Devondre Campbell because we obviously upgrade... All-pro team captain Devondre Campbell. Sorry, all-pro all team, captain. team captain Devondre Campbell. Uh, he, he was a huge upgrade last year at linebacker. The best play we've seen in a very long time. And now you're bringing in a first-round pick who's just a freak athlete. Uh, Wes Hotquitz was on uh, this week and was talking about just... When fans see him on the field with Devondre, they're gonna they're gonna understand why the Packers pulled the trigger on him right away because he, the way he moves on the field, he's a big body. It helps him run the defensive scheme that Joe Barry wants. So I don't know, man. I just I cannot wait to see him just unleash and show how much of a freak athlete he is. Uh, and maybe you know who knows. We in three years from now we could have the best linebacker do in the NFL. That's could be within uh, within reach. All right, so
2: There's, you I, I do have the, to give an honorable mention to the cornerbacks versus Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. The, that right there yeah. is one of the best like duos of receivers in the league. Um, Justin Jefferson has been one of the best receivers through the first two years of his career that the NFL has ever seen. That's not that's not hyperbole. That's just he like most receptions, r- yards, a- everything. He's just been fantastic through two seasons, and I hate that he's on Green Bay or on Minnesota because. I love watching Justin Jefferson play, and I loved watching him in the draft. I loved. I was like, "This guy's good. He's going to be good wherever he goes." As long as it's not like the Jets, he'll be great. And watching him play for Minnesota sucks. Adam Thielen has consistently shown up in this ma- in this matchup. Um, he has done very well against Alexander uh, and just other. Packer corners in the past he just has a nose for the end zone. Everybody in fantasy football world says, "Oh, regression's coming." And then the guy goes and scores 12 touchdowns a year and we're just like, "What the heck are we supposed to do?" Um, but that matchup matters a lot. I mean, I think that Green Bay has the has the bodies in the front seven to slow down Dalvin Cook a little bit as much as you can, who also another talented player, but that that wide receiver matchup versus the corners, especially when Green Bay has... They got Jair coming back. Jair's, I think, going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after not being a team captain, but he got the... Ex- he, uh, did he get his extension yet? He got his he got his payday, mm-hmm. right, this offseason? Yep. So he just got paid. You got Eric Stokes, your first-round pick last year. You got Rasul Douglas, who had an ex- outstanding season last year. You have the weapons in the secondary to slow down this, this passing attack, and now is the time to show it. Like it, Week one, defenses should have the advantage over the offenses. Now, now is your time to come out and say, look, you guys have gotten us a couple times over the last few years. You're not getting us this time.
1: Yeah, and seeing how their new head coach is going to scheme up Justin Jefferson after working with Cooper Cup last year um, is going to be interesting too because obviously Mike Zimmer wasn't the biggest offensive genius in the world and Justin Jefferson was still killing it. So it's going to be interesting to I see. I think he
2: just had beef with – Kirk, I think that was what his beef was. I don't. I just think he just doesn't like Kirk Cousins, which is fair. It's
1: a common theme of this episode. Kenny Clark doesn't like him. It's uh, that guy must really suck. Um, all right, so we're we're gonna start wrapping up here. Obviously, we're, we finally have football back. I cannot say how excited I am. It's going to be incredible. Uh, Gage, what is your uh, what's your prediction for this game?
2: You know. We're on a Packer podcast, so I should probably p- predict a Packer win. That's right. generally what you're supposed to do, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, I had you thinking. No, I think Green Bay is going to win. I think that this is one of the games of the week. Um, anybody that like this is if this is not the top game, and I understand I'm biased as a as a fan, but this is the game of the week. There's it's pretty much down to a betting like on the betting line. It's pretty much a pick them in some spots. Green Bay's favored on a couple of books. Um, there's a lot of books that have it. Uh, Green Bay's favored by like one and a half, um, and even some others have uh, Minnesota at minus one and a half. So it just depends on where you're betting at. You're gonna get you're gonna get very very tight lines um, all over the place, and I think that that makes sense. I think Minnesota's a good team. I think that they might be getting a little overrated because we haven't seen their offense uh, under this new coach yet. And I mean, people want to sit here and say, "Oh, they're going to be the Rams." You don't know that. You, you have absolutely no idea. And Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback, but he's not as good as Matthew Stafford. And I love Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen's good, but you you just. You got you to gotta see it first. And, I mean, maybe that's foolish of me for saying you got to see it to, be, to believe it. But I think Green Bay is the better team here. I think that they're going to have a good game overall. Uh, I would predict a Packer win 24-17 is where I'm at. I think that uh, Green Bay can generate enough offense. I think that they have a very, very good defense. And, like I said, defenses are ahead of offenses earlier in the year. So I think that that is going to help carry them and help us uh, slow down the Vikings a little bit.
1: Yeah. I I'm completely with you. I think our defense this year is just going to be so much improved. Getting Jair back. Um obviously he played in the playoffs, but getting him back full time, adding Walker, Dron Reed on the defensive line. This I don't know. This defense I think is gonna be the best one we've seen really since the Super Bowl era. I know a lot of people are throwing that around without really a lot of merit right now, but it has that potential. And I wouldn't I really think we're gonna have a Rashawn Gary sack, a Preston Smith sack. And a Kenny Clark sack. I think each of them are gonna to get to Kirk Cousins this week, mainly because I want it to and I'm trying to manifest it right now. Um I think the Packers win this one. I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go twenty seven uh to twenty four. Packers win. If it's a last second field goal, even better. Give us a nail biter and let us just demoralize the the Vikings with the last second win. Uh but I think uh I think we're gonna get it. Who's that Minnesota commentator? That, I don't know. I block them all out of my memory.
2: No, there's there's one dude who like got into it with Packer Twitter last year. It was I think Green Bay Green Bay won a game early Paul in the season, right? huh? I think his name's Paul. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul Allen. Maybe I think that might I th- that name sounds like I think that might be it. All I know is anything to just ruin that guy's day that'd be a win. I because <laughs> like you're a professional and you're gonna get into Twitter arguments with a bunch of like just Packer people who just do this for fun. Like, yeah. it, w- do we make a little money? Sure. A little, this isn't no. Very few of us are doing this full time. I know I definitely am not. So if yeah. people, so anything to ruin that guy's day specifically, I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, this is going to wrap up the show this week. Uh, went over what we're looking forward to for today's game, offense, defense, And then, obviously, our very unbiased pick of both picking the Packers to win. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening in. Regular season football is already here, so you can catch us previewing every game that's going to be on Sunday. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. And as always, Go Pack Go!